to me. Live from Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Come on. Can you freestyle on us? Can you freestyle on us, I'm a white guy. I'm freestyling, baby. I'm not even going to pretend to try to freestyle. I went to high school with a bunch of dudes who were actually like decent rappers, so I'm not even going to at any point pretend to try to freestyle. I'm a white guy. We didn't go to high school together. No. You are not a rapper, my friend. I'm Excuse sorry. me? I'm, I am very sorry to inform you, but you are not a rapper. I, I spit motherfucking flow like, uh, like a, a period like, like commercial. A, a peri- Oh, okay. That was good. Come yeah. On. Okay. That was a funny We're, joke. That was definitely not a rap. Up. We that are the Daves you know. We, us, <laughs> trying to get this podcast started here. Fucking uh, uh, noise over here from my left. Um, so before we get started, very important announcement. You have the opportunity to be on our podcast for American Currency. Tell yes. them about it. All right. So you're hearing this, po- you're hearing this podcast. Hopefully you're, you download it right away and you listen yeah. to it right away on, mon- on uh, like usual. Tuesday morning. Uh, like usual, yeah. Uh, we'll, make a really, we'll make it a really egregious uh, title so that you, you'll have to like, what the fuck? They you won't said, miss it, yeah. They said like, Dick fuck FC, like what? That makes a lot of sense. I should, I should download this. Into New that. NPSL North team, yeah. Um, uh, but yes, you have the opportunity to do- to uh, bid on a spot, a guest spot on the Dave's I Know podcast. Some of the other, a couple of the other Minnesota United specific or centric podcasts as well. But really, you should actually spend your money to be a guest on our Outbid podcast. Them. Yes. Uh, caveats are you have to come to. Fitzgerald's in St. Paul. It's like a caveat, obviously. And it's then, a fine um, establishment. Sorry. And then uh, <laughs> it's a very fine establishment. They'll make you a rum hams, which is really cool. Uh, but also you can bet on a bunch of other shit. We have a, about like 50 different things available in, this, in the auction right now. Yeah. And what, a, what does the money go toward? It always goes towards the uh, Sauna Foundation, uh, the Tony Sauna Foundation. Tony Sauna, who was just uh, inducted into the United States uh, Adult Soccer Hall of Fame. Over the weekend, which is really cool. Um, the Sana Foundation is amazing. If you haven't looked at the Sana Foundation, do it. Donate. Uh, volunteer there. Actually, I'm going to be at the Sana Foundation. They're headquartered in uh, east side of St. Paul at, at Conway Rec Center. I'm actually going to be volunteering from 3 to 6 tomorrow before the Dark Clouds end of the year party, which starts at 6.30, goes till 10, auctions from 7 till 9. So, you know, if you have some time tomorrow, uh, come on down. And uh, drink some uh, $4 uh, lagers and IPAs, yep. bid on some shit, raise a bunch of money for the Sauna Foundation, and uh, maybe, you know, you might win a, a guest appearance on the Dave's I Know podcast. Yeah, uh, can't say it enough. It's a great opportunity to uh, uh, wind down the season with the people you love, maybe even get an opportunity to spend it with the people you really love, and that's us. us. Yeah. 
So uh, there, there may there may be some players. I don't know. The team's being really cagey about some shit. So fuck the this fucking team. I don't know, man. Whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll call it's them the out. most deflating this way to end team. that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what? Season's over. You know what? You know who is going to be there? The Daves. That's right. That's true. We are. So you want to hang out with us? You want to buy us beers? Super fucking cool. Love it. Let's do it. Uh, right. And let's party. Like we're expecting about two hundred to three hundred people. I think it's going to be a really awesome experience and a really awesome time. Like, yep. we're going to fill up that fucking place. Mm-hmm. So um, it'd be very good for anybody who can make it out. If you have the, the evening off, you know, if you need to call in sick tomorrow or on Wednesday, that's cool. Do it. Yep. But Ladies drink free. That's not true. Well, no, because I'm going to be there. Oh, so. are you buying all the drinks for all the ladies? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to let my wife know that. Well, she's. I, d- I didn't say females. I said ladies. All right, that's that's an egregious move, man. All right, All right. podcast Anyways, canceled. <laughs> let's. Uh, so uh, let's, we're, let's we're, move on. Yeah, let's we're, move on. We're gonna talk about come, the game. Yeah, come to the come to the dark clouds end of the year party Thank tomorrow. You. We're, we're gonna Today. T- we're gonna talk about the game that happened yesterday, but uh, uh, later on we're gonna get to and this is gonna be a recurring theme over the next month and a half or so. Um, the two Daves one cup MLS playoff coverage. Yes. Uh, we've got so it good. for you, and we're going to start it off right now. So, so good. Uh, but first, let's take a look at San Jose and end this season. I'm so glad I don't have to write one of these fucking write-ups for Minnesota United games you know what? for I a couple re- of months. I read your write-up. I read your, like, your, your preview today. Oh, my preview today you read? Yeah, I read the preview today. How did it How did it read in retrospect? Pretty pretty ac- pretty accurate. Fair enough. Although, you, I mean, you, you did suggest a 4-1-4-1, I think, which I – probably convinced you of after the podcast last week and they ended up going with a 4-4-1-1 which was that not not the same not the same thing it just doubles so. down on that molino <laughs> in the center attacking midfield that's it's, a great uh, yeah. that's a great place to go uh why don't we just jump I into great. The- i mean so yeah that was a great piece and i i'm gonna miss reading that in the offseason obviously because we were not gonna have any games um i'm not gonna miss having to find something to write about with the same fucking story each week like <clears throat> the fact that they that adrian heath continues to play completely bonkers fucking formations is that you're gonna miss that i've got a very complex opinion about that but um oh we'll get to that we will get there oh god yes all right Uh, so let's 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 talk about this game let's talk about (laughs) one slice here and start it off positively the way we always do what was your best moment of this game um my best moment of the game you're you're taking the jerry goal which i'm I'm giving to you that's that's totally fine it's obvious i actually the calvo goal to me, was the best one of the game. We tied the match at 2-2, right? We won a header. Um, Calvo won a header. We've seen him do this time after time after time for fucking Costa Rica. And the problem is that Minnesota doesn't have anybody who can cross the ball into the fucking box. Finally, we got to fucking cross into the box. And Calvo put it home. So my kingdom for a fucking player who can cross the ball into the box. It's not Molino. It's, I don't know, maybe it's Ibsen. Ibsen was not great on, on no, no, Nobody was great this season. Or he's been this in. year. But like, can we get someone who can fucking cross? I mean, if this team wants to play that way, which clearly it seems like they do because they keep doing this shit and it keeps being ineffective. Oh, it's been bad all season, um, yeah. We're we're a short team, by the way, too. Yeah, uh, it's it's not only do we have poor crossers, but we're a short team. So even on a if every star lined up in the sky, we're still at a disadvantage. Kovalev scored at least like five or six goals with his fucking head for Costa Rica. It's, he can do this. He can easily easily do this, and 
the fact that he is not able to is, you know, it, that's a, a, you know, a damning statement of the team generally. Also, Adrian Heath's squad selection and and whatever. Well, I, but look, there, like, that was for me. So I mean, tying it up two two late in the game was like, oh shit, we may we may actually steal a point here and prevent San Jose from qualifying for the playoffs. That was the moment of the game. Clearly did not end up well, happening, but, you know, what are you? What you so, had the so Jerry that was goal. a cool moment, and I actually like Calvo. I, I think he wasn't as good in the second half of the season as he was in the first, but he was he was never as egregious as some of our players are. I don't think he ever lacked truly for effort, although he made some boneheaded uh, mistakes. But what, what I'll say is this. It's, there are many reasons to leave the tire tracks over Adrian Heath's head for this season. And I don't think looking at a team that has now owned the record for the most goals allowed in a single MLS season and saying, well, he didn't even send his center back forward to score goals. I don't think that's the one. Re I think I can get the strategy behind not sending center backs forward. Now, could Francisco Calvo totally nail that? Clearly. I mean, he's got that talent there. But for me, that's more of like a, you know, is, is there a positional swap that could happen? You know, can he play multiple positions? Can he, uh, can he be a, a good... Um, what am I trying to can he, can he rotate with uh, Ibsen? Not often. I mean, you got to have Ibsen out there, but does he have number eight in him, you know, rather than playing him as a center back and then leaving holes behind him? Be interesting to see next season. I hope Calvo sticks around, and I hope uh, we get the consistency from him next year that I, I felt like we saw in the first half of the season this year. Well, uh, I hope Calvo sticks around on somebody, you know, who can actually use him, pays good money for him, either in MLS right. or He could be good business else, for so, us, too, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I took the easy route here, the Jerry goal. It was an obvious highlight. Um, it was a long ways. Uh, he's a he's a right back, so everything was good about that. Um, I loved the start. So so I'm gonna throw this out there. I firmly believe in my heart that, uh, or I'm choosing to believe in my heart that his um, goal celebration, where he's like looking through the <laughs> box, I choose to believe that that was him looking at the referee and saying, hey. How about VARing that foul that just <laughs> obviously happened in the box? Because the flip side of that amazing Tyson goal, it's easy to forget it, yeah. was that there was, in my eyes, a clear penalty waiting for Minnesota United that was waved off. So I I literally, after that goal was scored, after that, so that non-penalty, you know, the penalty not called, the goal was scored, I went... So we were, we were, me and you were both watching the game together, actually, yeah. at New Bohemia. In arm Uptown. and arm. Um, hopefully we'll be one of our bigger sponsors next year uh, for the Dark Clouds. Uh, and I turned, I literally ran to Sam, like, someone needs to get this on GIF right away. And the celebration, you mean? Yeah, the celebration. The, yeah, the, 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 and it's, he's, like, smiling the through box, the box. yeah. And she's like, message Brandis. Mike Brandis, who uh, runs the Markcom social, he's the communications, uh, marketing, social media guy for the Dark Clouds. And um, I, so I messaged him right away. It's like, I need this in GIF form so I can use this in GIF form. And he messaged me back within minutes. Like, oh, it's already done. Like, he had already had it. <laughs> oh, it He's like, great. it's already on Twitter. Like, he had gifted <laughs> already on Twitter. This is how good, this is how fucking good the, uh, the, Social media communications arm of the dark clouds is is that like well, th yeah. something like that is amazing. It's already on Twitter. It's yeah. already you know so. I, it was great. It was fucking amazing. Oh, it's it's yeah. it was a great moment. Obviously, the polar opposite of his first goal celebration, where he fucking <laughs> flew like a loon. Um, but I'm choosing to believe that that was him telling the referee, "Hey, how would you var this shit that just happened?" 
I yeah. can't be scoring goals like that all day just because you don't know how to do your job, <laughs> Hilario Grajeda. That was a Hilario call. Yeah. Uh, worst moment of the game. Maybe easier to dig up on that one. Well, I mean, you mentioned the last goal for San Jose, the Urena goal. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree on that one, man. Um, Marcos Urena, yeah. Um, Birch was left out to dry by his teammates. There was literally nothing. And there was several worst moments of the game. Like, all the uh, San Jose goals were bad. They're just really poor marking by the Minnesota Minnesota defense. So I'll let you you have you have a lot of, of thoughts on this. <laughs> I have a lot of words. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you <laughs> okay, just, just just rant. Just go. Go okay. for it. You, yeah, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you three minutes. Just go well, for the, it. This is hardly a rant, but because I don't I don't think it's um I don't think it's grounded emotionally necessarily. But um yeah yeah so that that goal was frustrating to me and not just because it meant now we're the worst team of all time or the worst defense of all time, although that certainly didn't help anything. Um, I, I, I look I at really don't care about that fucking record, honestly. I, I don't know why any. I'd rather any not have it than have. Well, yeah, I'd rather not have it, but in I, the end, ultimately, like they also play two fewer games, so you know, I whatever. Know. Fuck it. That's a counter really argument for. The, the, that's the worst argument to win. Well, like, it doesn't matter. Well, we, like, we weren't the worst, literally historically ever well, no, we on were, points per game. Like, worst, yes, it's a it, it's a fact, but, but it doesn't it doesn't. Yeah, ultimately, I don't think that matters. 2018 is is going to come sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so my thought is this: it was not only bad because it meant now we got that, and it meant we lost the game. That was all bad, but it was so indicative of how we got to the point of being maybe the worst defense of all time. There was no shape to it. It wasn't like we saw four guys running back in in, in, a, in a straight line unison. Birch is chasing to get back. There's no center back covering the guy who's standing right at the top of the six for that goal. Um, obviously missed marks, uh, slow to drop back, slow to recognize that we need to drop back, and uh, all over the place, not keeping our shape. Uh, so I want, I want to go into this slightly deeper. My thought is this. Analyzing defense is hard for a lot of people because defensive analysis often begins just with the moment where a goal happened. They look at the goal that happened and they say, why did that goal happen? Who missed their mark in that very specific moment? And what that often ignores is the broader picture of how opponents get into dangerous positions in the first place. So so first, that begins with the midfield. The loons are routinely poor at clogging up the midfield. Uh, I, I think they seem to play better when they're working kind of a press, but obviously we lack the backline talent to plug holes when the press doesn't work. When we press and maybe they get a ball through, now they've got acres of space to work with. We don't have the backline to cover that, so... maybe we do slightly better when we have a press beyond that I think there's smaller strategic things that you do as a defender and as a defensive core that we don't see enough of that we don't consistently do Um, for instance most players have a preferred foot and as a defender especially when you're on the outside you you should be shading the opposition the opposing attackers or wingers if you're on the outside so that they're forced to make plays on their worst foot doesn't always work but you need to position your body in such a way that you're forcing them to play off foot Um, inside or out as a defender you need to be shading your mark to push them into unfavorable positions so if you're on the outside you're trying to keep them to the outside as they start to push closer to the end line now you're switching position to try and force them closer to the inside that's inside that's whether you're a fullback or a center back now if they're getting that deep you're trying to push them to the end line so that they you know they they obviously don't have the good scoring angle and also it's a lot cluttered to get a pass back out there or across to 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 turn it into a goal Uh, it basically turns into an 
opening and closing umbrella structure around the goal, and we just never maintain that kind of shape. These are not skills that a single defender possesses. It's not like, I'm a great tackler, I'm fast as hell, I'm super tall. This is just um, strategic defensive playing. You could teach a 15-year-old to do it, and these guys should be doing it on a regular basis. Um, finally, we rarely force opponents to have to actually switch the play. I think we need to ask ourselves what that really means, that they rarely have to switch and play crosses across the field. To me, it means that our defense tends to play its uh, players evenly spread regardless of the ball position. If they're streaking up the right flank, we're not doing much to shift over to that side of the field. Instead, may, you know, maybe our thought is, well, no, don't put all our eggs in one basket. Let's keep everything evenly covered. When what we could be doing is sort of doing this kind of shift, doing a pivot is what you'd really call it, doing a pivot toward the ball side and forcing them with some man disadvantage to have to kind of be backed into the corner of making a cross. Now, sometimes you're going to make that cross across the field, get it out to the entire other flank, and now they've got some space to work with. A good team that can do that well can be hard to beat for that. But if you're playing percentages, play that percentage. Shade guys toward the ball, play the pivot, and force them to make what is a lower percentage uh, switch of the side. And typically when you switch the side, it's a slow enough evolving play that you've got time to kind of get back into yeah. position and stuff. So, I mean, those are just basic defensive um not even strategy it's like it's tactics like here's what we're going to do today this is what you do this is just the bread and butter that you wake up to and uh, we didn't see enough of that so we need better dudes and obviously and we'll talk about it soon Heath is not a defensive minded coach either so uh, he's so probably not coaching to so those kinds so of what things. you're saying is uh Heath out it's not exactly what I said. I I, 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 I believe I will say that soon you, on, on another you, podcast. You are arguing that Heath is a terrible uh, defensive coach, basically. So, to, so I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, he's not a great defensive coach. No, no, sure. he's no, he's he's a terrible defensive mind. Sure, he's sure. not. So I'll say that right if, now. Yeah. If, so gun to your head. Right? They're keeping Heath as the coach, right? So that would be a gun to my head situation. Um. And which it clearly seems like they are because number one, Bill McGuire does not want to spend any more money than he has, absolutely has to. Um, what, like, who could you bring in conceivably to help these defensive fallacies, which are egregious and ridiculous? And he, Keith, is clearly yeah. not the person to fix this shit. Well, who could we, who could we bring in? I mean, I, we had you know. Mary Zrovda came in and did amazing stuff with uh, Bobby Shuttleworth and then was, you know, unceremoniously shuttled off, pun intended. That's great. Um, who, who could you bring in to, like, help, you know, shore up the defense? I don't know. Well, man. so you're, you're totally making – I've been totally trying to keep this in the bag for the Heath Out debate that we're going to have. I'll, I'll hint at it right now, and, and I'll get into depth when that podcast comes. Okay. In truth, and this is like statistically speaking, in truth, uh, well, let me start with this. Um, Johan Cruyff uh, once joked, and it was a great, you know, it was a great like half true, half kind of joking thing. He said that, you know what, 90% of the time, the team with the better players wins the game. And, you know, I was like, huh, you know, of course. But what he was trying to say is this, he said that as a coach, as a manager. And what he meant to say is that 
there is only so much that a manager can do, and a manager has a relatively small impact compared to what we typically think they do. Now, this has actually been borne out statistically. Um, wages for players is the strongest predictor of success, both defensively and, and, and across the entire field. And there are very few managers who are skilled enough to actually, uh, you know, if you're thinking baseball, wins above replacement. Yep. There's You can't really use wins above replacement for coaches because largely they don't make that big of a difference. Here's the things that they can make a bigger difference, son. They become avatars for the club. They become a person for who, who, who becomes the representative of, of, of how the club is doing, who can set the tone and morale and stuff like that. And they can uh, mitigate problems and try to play off of strengths. But still, if you have 11 better players, a poorly coached team will still typically do better than a, a team that has 11 fewer uh, good players. So uh, here's, here's my point. Who do you bring in? I'm not sure. I don't think Heath is uh, the right coach for us right now because I think he's made some decisions that infuriate me personally that I, I haven't been able to wrap yeah. my mind around. Okay. That's not to say that there's a silver bullet coach out there. I think Heath is not the answer, but the bigger reasons for me that Heath is not the answer is because of the shit that, like, for instance, he said about Jerome Thiessen. What? Oh. Look, look, we'll get into it in a moment, <laughs> but let me just say this one sentence. Yeah. Whatever happened with Jerome Teasen? And again, we don't know. It's it's easy to side with Jerome because we don't like Heath and we love Jerome. So it's easy to just say, yeah, Heath sucks and Jerome is amazing. And that may be the case. But it also may be the case that Jerome Teasen fucked his wife. I have no idea and neither do you. But as a manager to come out in the press and say that he's fed up with one of his own players, what does that send from a morale standpoint? What does that mean as the, quote, avatar of a club, as I put it, when you're putting that foot forward after the last game of the season. There's not even anything to play for anymore. There's not a lesson to teach yeah. him. You can't bench him for a game. He's uh, only done a negative job for morale. That's reason enough to say he's not the right guy because the on-field results really cannot be heavily impacted by a manager. A player that came in super late, presumably with Heath's blessing... I mean, right, he came. Right, in, yeah. He was like the last. He was the last player that they brought right. in. And, and again, we don't know. So. Jerome Tyson could have said something darkly awful to him. I, I doubt it, but we don't know. We truly don't know. But as a manager, yeah. I don't care if he slips some fucking rice in in his drink that morning. You don't come out publicly and say that you're fed up with your fullback. Whether you're in the right or there's a difference between being right and doing right. And I don't even care if Heath was right. He did wrong. And that's reason enough to say, where can we get a man? You know what? We're talking, you know, you and I are Liverpool fans. Jurgen Klopp has turned around some pretty poor results here this season. But I can tell you this. Jurgen Klopp is a great incarnation of the team. He's great for morale. He's a great person to look to when you're saying, what does Liverpool want to be? We can look to Jurgen Klopp. And I think the results for Liverpool are eventually going to return to the mean. We're not as bad a team as we've played like recently. Yeah. But again, with the idea that coaches actually can't impact the results on the field without just simply better players yeah. in a statistical sense, well, he's failing at all the other stuff then. That's the problem. I mean, all I'm saying is that Sam Allardyce and Laurent Blanc are apparently available. I'm not bringing in Sam Allardyce <laughs> for Christ's sake. He got fucking disgraced over in England. We're not bringing him in. Jesus. All right. Well, let's, we let's, took up a bunch we, of time. Yeah, you, I, I, I let you rant. You need. I, I did. I did my U.S. Men's National Team. I don't. Yeah, rant. I don't rant that often. Here. You don't. You don't. And I did my U.S. Men's National Team rant a couple weeks ago with Luke. Feels good. Where I did like 20 minutes of just straight fucking fire. <laughs> you did your 20 minutes of straight fucking fire. So let's let's move on. Let's like let's finish up this game really quick. Um, 
what was your most what the fuck moment of the game? Most what the fuck moment of the yeah. game. Um, it's got to be it's got to be that failed penalty. That's that's uh, it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's plenty of lousy plays, but that was one that was. I I don't know what could have been more obvious. That yeah. that makes it a what the fuck moment to me. Yeah. And Hilario Grajeda, by the way, nothing but respect. One of the most tenured MLS coaches or uh, referees that there is. Typically calls a good game. Uh, what the fuck was that about? Yeah. Um, mine was the right before the final goal. Uh, Wando was left unmarked. Um, like, literally, there was not that's a person off five, ball, right? five yards in front of him, like, yeah. within him. And he, he he was able to, like, get that ball to Marcus, Marco Arena, who, like, right. just slaughtered home, like, a fucking wide-open goal. Right. Um, that, to me, like, considering, like, we had battled back twice to tie the score. Yeah. And, and giving it up in the ninth or minute was really, like, really yeah. we, what-the-fuck moment. We, we so. make fun of Chris Wondolowski, but... Honestly, you don't dude, leave Chris Wan. Dude is going to pass. Only play over the last eight years with ten goals or more in yeah. every single Dude is going to pass yeah. uh, Landon Donovan next year probably for the all-time goal-scoring leader in MLS. He's, he scores he's goals. 11 goals behind uh, Donovan right now. Yeah. If he just does what he normally does in a season and, and, and doesn't get abruptly injured or like yeah. has to retire forever, like he's <laughs> he's going to pass Wando. Yeah. He's going to pass uh, Landon You don't leave year. that player. Yeah. That wide open and at he that just, point he, in the And game. he fucking shredded us all game. Yeah. It wasn't just that goal. It was the other goal, too. Like, the first goal. And, that, and that's scored. too bad because he's not a shredder. No, he's not. He's a poacher. He's, he's not somebody you should be saying, God damn, Chris Wondolowski yeah, tore us up He's yesterday. fucking Alan Gordon, but better. Like, he's a better Alan Gordon. Yeah, that's a, that's a not, great comparison. He's not good, oh, but he's man. not He's not terrible. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a He's a not great guy that you want on your team. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna find Every a goal. Time, yeah. He's gonna find a goal in the yeah. end. Uh, uh, match rating uh, official scorecard or so our match rating or rating of the match official. I don't know. I had a D. Like uh, that, that, that goal, that non penalty call was particularly egregious. And I really felt bad about that. So. That's pretty tough. Yeah. I, I I give him credit actually for catching. And now Ibsen came in on a. Pre- Minnesota made some pretty ugly tackles yesterday. Yeah, they um, did. Ibsen came in on one that was particularly egregious, and I thought uh, Hilario Grajeda did actually a really great job of catching that. Actually, there was no contact, but still gave Ibsen the yellow for what was a really bad idea. So so uh, if he had made contact, it probably should have been a red. Yeah. Um, although a, a lesser experienced referee could have given nothing, even a foul, because there was literally no contact. But he gave it, you know, he, he gave him the card for what was a dangerous play, even though the effect was was uh, didn't pan out. That's good refereeing to me. But you know, we saw some serious fuck ups too. So I don't know. C. That's fair. Um, next for you, start of the game. I had uh, I had Cabo, honestly. Nah. Uh, he had some not great, not great start to the game. But he acquitted himself well. He got the goal. Um, he actually saved a goal off the line. Uh, That's true. He did do that. And he, uh, you know, he actually definitely acquitted himself a lot better as the game went on. He definitely started out not great. Um, and if I have to give, if I have to give that thing to somebody from Minnesota United, he's probably the the best person who was on the pitch yesterday. I, you so. know, I'd. Uh I think he was also directly culpable on that final goal by uh, San Jose too. I mean, Birch had to come in late, try to get low to try and block across. Mm. But there was a reason that uh, Marcus Urania was open, and for me, it's Calvo. So I, I don't. But then again, he scored the goal, and he also cleared that other goal away. So he is the pl- the plus minus for the game. <laughs> like yeah. like every uh, 
every goal was a, was uh, somehow related. And I, I just, and I just couldn't give it to the guy that you're getting to give it to. So, Colin Warner. Yeah. Colin Warner. Look, not a great game by Minnesota. Colin Warner won a ton of tackles. He broke up some good plays. I thought he connected okay with Ibsen. That probably wasn't the strength of his of his game. And I and, and he probably got forward a little too much too. That might again that that may be a Heath tactic. You know, let's get forward. Let's try and take the game to him. Um, but honestly, Colin Warner w- did what I think uh, a defensive midfielder in the Colin Warner mold needs to do. He was a disruptor. He did do disruption. Um, he took a tactical uh, yellow, which is. If there's a player on the field who's responsible for tactical yellows, it's your D-mid, and he earned one, which was totally fine by me. Uh, Colin Warner looked good, and um, great backup. Great MLS backup right now. That's my, that's my take <laughs> that's on fair. it. That's yeah. Freddie Adu award for the shittiest player uh, uh, ever? Or just say, uh, yeah, of the game. I'm just going to say the fullbacks. Um, in spite of Jerome Thiessen's you know, goal. Are you saying you're fed up with Thiessen? I'm not fed up with Thiessen, unlike uh, Adrian Heath. <laughs> I am not fed up with Tyson. I love Tyson, but he was responsible for two of the goals. Indirectly, his lack. Well, that doesn't of mean you don't let him talk to the media for pace. Well, uh, yeah, I agree. All right, so uh, I'm not going to keep coming back. So Tyson and, and Birch. Uh, so the, I, I say the fullbacks are the are the shittiest player of the game. Birch was burned on that last goal, and in his, to be fair. Uh, the rest of the defense left Birch out to dry on that last goal um, yeah, yeah. from Marcus Arena. Uh, honestly, though, it, it maybe should have been in the running for the uh, starter of the game. Jermaine Taylor was a relatively competent left back. It was only when Birch came in at left back because of, t- because of Taylor uh, Taylor injury did they like did you know uh, San Jose start attacking. The left back position. So, I don't know. Maybe Jermaine Taylor has has a has a career in MOS as a left back or left back substitute. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fullbacks were the shittiest player of this game. Yeah, I uh, so so I ended up giving it. So uh, Christian wasn't finding the game. Some we've talked about, you know, when the ball's not coming to him, he's not coming to the ball uh, quite as much. So that was a little frustrating. Um, that said, Calvo was pretty damn leaky. Uh, I would say in general, it was a pretty, it was a pretty poor afternoon for both of the center backs. Michael Boxall didn't exactly uh, acquit himself either. Himself so. Well, no, no, sure. not a great day for center backs. So uh, I think we're yeah. going to share the award among the center backs here. But Christian, that's the thing, you know, like as a, as a striker. It's hard to do specific things extremely poorly because the stakes are low. Even if you sky one into the fucking sun, that's all you did was just sky one into the sun, and it has no impact on anything. And so, I don't know. Christian needs to learn to find the game in the offseason, and I, I trust that he will because he seems like he's uh, entering the offseason, sent out a great message to fans today, ready to work hard, ready to recognize his own strengths and weaknesses, and hit it hard. I, and I love that uh, about him is that he he does the Kobe shit in the offseason, the Kobe Bryant shit. He he figures out the he adds a move to his arsenal in the offseason. He never stops working, and so I you know I love that about him. But okay. uh, yeah, All right. I'm looking I'm forward to it. Yeah, Christian 3.0, bring him on. Ver- version bring him on. three. He's now, gonna turn so. into a fucking uh, a straight up hold up guy. He's gonna be knocking people on his ass. He used to be afraid of contact. He's gonna be a tank next he, year. So he should get a. January call up at the minimum, if if not a November call, up, because he's not he's not in the playoffs. So 
I mean, it wouldn't surprise me yeah. if, if Christian gets a November call up for the Portugal match, uh, the USA Portugal match. Uh, but he definitely should get a January. Call I, th- up, I think right? he should, with nothing yeah. to play for and years to experiment. Now, yeah. I, people have talked about Christian is going to be fucking over the hill. Look, he's going to be in his very, very early 30s when the next World Cup comes around. And I know everyone says, "Shoot young, let's build the next crop." You don't go into a World Cup with everybody 25 and younger. Like, like you're going to have a 30-year-old on your roster. Why not take the gamble on the guy who right now is in peak form? peak of his career and it's only going to be like 31 when that comes around for christ's sake yeah. let's let's give and i'm looking at myself right now let's give a 31 year old <laughs> a fucking shot and stop pretending like we're all half in the grave mm. yeah i hope he gets his chance that'd be awesome i'm 35 so i'm, I'm definitely no, you're done no you're over you're over done. you're older than chris wandelowski yeah i am shit i am yeah damn it good lord damn let's it. talk right. about other united news, yeah man. let's do that uh, all right, so other United news. Uh, Minnesota United, as you all are, you know, I don't think anybody doesn't super know. Super awesome podcast listeners. Well, we uh, now own the MLS uh, goals given up record at seventy. Do 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 do. Yeah. Um, we currently have obviously played more games than uh, Colorado, which had sixty-eight or sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. I don't know. I can't remember. So it's not the worst goals per game, but well, whatever you know. We uh, Tampa we Bay Mutiny did worse as well. We have a we have Tampa a, Bay Mutiny uh, plugged in about two and a half goals against. Okay. Uh, per back long long ago. All right, that's cool. That's why um, they were called the Mutiny because they even their fans were like fucking giving <laughs> up. Fuck on this us. shit. Yeah. Cool. Uh, according to a piece by Megan Ryan, Jerome Tyson was not allowed to talk to the media after yeah. Sunday's game at the request of Adrian Heath, who was fed up with the fullback. Okay, so Tyson didn't have a great game. David, what? 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 Yeah, that was my. I've said so much about what what I already have to say about this. Like, like again, we don't know if Tyson fucked his wife. We don't know any of that. Hopefully, we know he had a bad game. But having a bad game is not the reason that you cut a guy from the media. And it's hardly like Jerome Tyson is the kind of guy who has a bad game and then he's going to hop on the horn with the media and start blaming coaches and players and his newborn son or whatever. Like, like he's not the dude to do that either. So, A, blocking him from the media, and B, saying out loud. That was the problem. He forgot that he was talking out loud, uh, <laughs> that, that he was fed yeah. up. That's a ridiculous fucking thing to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, uh, whatever Marius Rovda and uh, Jerome Tyson got up to, and Miguel Ibarra when they all uh, plowed his wife in order. Yeah, I mean, apparently Adrian Heath's wife is getting a lot of action. That's, uh, that's the only fucking kind of thing I can come <laughs> up with. That's good, it. Good for Man, her. I don't call him Inchi for yeah, nothing. What's yeah, up, baby? Uh, yeah, right there. Right there. <laughs> fist bump. You fist bump. All right. You know um, in other United news, I, th- I I posted this one in here because uh, the At- Atlanta United fans continue to be complete fucking idiots and assholes, and they threw another beer at somebody in a 2-2 draw with Toronto FC. Um, the great thing about this beer throwing is that it did not hit a person like it hit the ref when they threw it at uh, in the Minnesota United game. Um, Josie Elsador actually sidestepped the beer. Because he's then, nimble as fuck. And then Sebastian Giovinco picked up the beer and slammed the rest of the beer. So Josie Sebastian literally did hold up play. Yeah, yeah he, he, did. he He took the pass, <laughs> he, he held it up, he held and he it gave up. it off to, to fucking Sebastian Giovinco drank the fucking beer. Uh, it's amazing. Look it up on YouTube. It's fucking awesome. 
Uh, and also, that they took it in that stride. Fuck you, Atlanta United God FC fans. Like, and not, and not the, not the, the, you know, supporters groups because it's definitely not coming from those guys. It's coming from idiots who think throwing shit at people is cool. Was it not from the supporters group? No, it wasn't from the sports section. Okay. Good. Which is what the other one wasn't wasn't from a sports section either. And hopefully Atlanta United bans this person for life like they did the other person who threw a beer uh, during the Minnesota United game. So Unacceptable. Please, please do that because that's important. We you definitely should do that. So uh, so yeah, so that's that's United news for the for the week. It was all United related, I suppose. It was technically it right? was definitely technically United related. So all right. All right. So let's move on to uh, two Daves, one cup. Coverage of the MLS playoffs. So if you guys are not paying attention, MLS playoffs starting tomorrow, Tuesday, or today, actually. You're hearing this today. Uh, we have some coverage going up. We have some uh, previews. Website, yeah. Uh, on the, on the DavesIKnow.com yep. uh, website. Comprehensive coverage is what Very you're much so. Very much so. Because um, you're going to be able to almost comprehend it. <laughs> Maybe barely. Yeah. Maybe barely. Yeah, we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have uh, uh, predictions from every one of our contributors. Uh, we're gonna have a casuals article comparing playoff formats among MLS and other uh, sports and leagues. Uh, we're gonna have a fan centric edition about whom you should support uh, because your team, ostensibly Minnesota United, is already out of it. <laughs> yeah. A ton of content, everything you need to know about the playoffs in one spot, all heading into it. So so head there. But before we get there, we're going to run down yeah. each of the teams here on this podcast, tell you what we think, and we're going to tell you who wins it all. Yeah, pre-caps, pre-caps of every of every round will we'll be up yep. there as well. So, um, All right, so let's go. Uh, we're going to run this down. We're going to do East, Eastern Conference first and then Western Conference. Uh, just a couple of sentences or you know, one or two sentences about each team. Um, top seed, overall number one seed. They they were gonna host all the way through the uh, playoffs if they if they go all the way through. Toronto FC, um, sixty nine points. Noise is the noise. No, I've seen that. Is the sixty nine where it's like two people sucking each other's cocks, or you know, eating each other's vaginas. Oh, so this is like uh, or or this doing is pretty gender neutral. Yeah, right? I mean, it could be, or it could be like you know, one person's sucking a dick and the other person's. I was thinking about that Toronto Tifo where they made the Tifo with the. Oh yeah, that, that Toronto Tifo was really fucking terrible. So yeah. I don't know. Anyways, uh, sixty-nine points. That's awesome. That's very good. I mean, for for me, Toronto, a dynamic attack, and no one talks about their fucking defense. They have a criminally underrated defense. They have good top to the second best defense in the league. Yep. And they're gonna be they're they're easily probably the the odds on favorite for winning the MLS Cup. Yep. Uh, they have to be a, a incredible team. Um, and what what we don't talk about also, I mean, a good defense. Uh, two things: depth and flexibility. They can play their backups and have a lot of success. Also, depending on the you know circumstances, opposition, or whatever. They can be fluid. They can move uh, five three two, and they can move uh, three five two, and they can do um, uh, hell. They can go four three three if they want with their makeup. I mean, they can do a lot of different things. It's a good team, and it's 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 amazing because I've been watching MLS for a long time, and it wasn't that long ago that one of their own players said, "We are the worst team in the world." <laughs> Not that long ago. So, That's true. So good That's for fair. them. Toronto yeah. fans deserve them. Yeah. 
All right, NYCFC is the second seed in the uh, uh, Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference, which is point out far better than the Western oh, I mean, Conference I, this I year. I had a tweet yesterday that didn't get nearly enough likes, and I said that the Western Conference you, you is want, the Eastern Conference of the Western Conference. <laughs> you want more retweets on that tweet? If you guys could go look up my Twitter account, that's at offensive underscore loons. Do not, please do not do that. The Western uh, Conference is the Eastern Conference of the Western Conference. All right, so NYCFC is is the the number two seed, uh, so they get the also the buy. Uh, Davavia scores and dabs when he wants to. Uh, he even plays way back in the Spanish national team. And Jack Harrison, also very good. So NYCFC is you know they're they're not uh, they might have a shot. When you when you have a bench player whose name is Pirlo, like uh, <laughs> yeah, you're doing okay. So uh, shout out to Mo Karazi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, obviously they've they've turned it around. I, I I don't like the idea of New York City FC. We've we've talked about that before. Of the sort of um, uh, like other sport owned Manchester United Man City farm West club. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of things I don't like about it. But you know what? They've done it the right way. They've been willing to spend. It's not all. It started off as just aging stars. You know the MLS. Well, I can't. I can't remember my dot O's at this point. But you know the the post Beckham era where we just brought in geriatric dudes from Europe or whatever. But they've evolved past that. And they've got top to bottom talent now. That is doing it the right way. And uh, I'm ex- I'm excited for that. And I wouldn't mind seeing them uh, make a little run here. That'd be cool. All right. Uh, the third seed. Uh, Chicago Fire. Do you remember uh, how hot I was in Chicago Fire when the season began? I do not. When nobody fucking believed it. I do not remember that. Smoking hot on them. But you know what? Nemanja Nikolic won the Golden Boot, and the Fire were not an actual tire fire. So good on them. They're the third seed. They would probably go to NYCFC if they win their their match. So one of the – man, I feel bad because I'm not going to attribute it correctly. um, But somebody had tweeted – it might have been Will Parchman – said that if the Chicago Fire can scout and sign Nemanja Nikolic from Legia Warsaw and he can turn into a Golden Boot winner in his first season, there's no excuse for any team in MLS to not seek out that talent, find it, pay for it, and get it done. This wasn't exactly like signing David Villa, for instance. This is a relatively under-the-radar dude who had a ton of value. They're out there. Do better. And uh, Nemanja Nikolic, awesome. Obviously, Sebastian uh, Schweinsteiger a, was a big part of their success. We don't eh, talk about he wasn't really. He had three he, goals. He, he didn't have counting stats. No, but, you, but that's no fair. dude laces a pass and sees oh, where that ball needs to go as well as him. Yep, and he plays a de- he plays a deeper lying role yep. too. He's not like a CAM. Um, uh, it's also dudes like Dax McCarty. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, Fire did a lot of good things this year. Oh, oh, what's that? The Fire did a lot of really good things, like in terms of oh, roster, yeah. roster management this year. So. Absolutely. They, they you got to give them credit for that. So, Absolutely. They, they had a little bit of a rut midseason. That's probably why they're third right now. They're not hot at the right time the way a team kind of needs to, be well, to they, succeed in playoffs. They, they did so, lose to Minnesota United at home. Well, that's that's never a good sign. I was there. So. But uh, <laughs> um, they, they did that coming off of a huge win streak. Um, so, you know what? Good on them. Again, I'm glad for Fire fans finally seeing some success because these guys were Philadelphia Union bad for a while. So, so yeah, good for them. Yeah, they were. They were. Um, yeah, so Atlanta United is actually the number four seed in the playoffs. Uh, so maybe not surprisingly the best expansion team ever. Bob Bradley uh, would disagree. Yeah. Once, they, once they got into Megatron's butthole, they were almost invincible. 
but for Minnesota United, apparently. Yeah, they did it. They did it right. You know what? I, I'm done. When we came into the season, I think it was optimistic, but we kept saying, "Hey, you know what? Minnesota decided not to start by spending on a bunch of DPS, and we don't know how they're going to gel. We're going to start with an identity." Well, guess what? I was trying to put together identity. Clearly, didn't work. And we didn't give Atlanta enough credit for being more than their high-profile signings, and yep. they were. Yep. They were a top-to-bottom talented squad. Well, Tata put the money in the right Tata, places. Tata, I think, was probably the big factor big, there. Big driver there. You know, I yeah. talked about how how managers can only have so much of an impact and stuff like that. Would be really interesting. We know what Tata Martino can do. He's played on the, the with the biggest stakes and the biggest stages, and he brought that same success here. So, so, so that was great. It's time to stop being um, in denial about Atlanta, and it's time to start being jealous. They did it the right way. I said it was the wrong way, and I was wrong. They've done it the right way. All right. Uh, the Columbus Crew will be going to Atlanta for their first, uh, potentially their only playoff match. Um, they are also potentially moving to Austin in 2019. Hashtag save the crew. Fucking save the crew. Uh but end of the season w- draw was typical crew. They come right up to the precipice and then shit the bed, which is what the crew have been doing for basically eight years. So yeah. do you have any, any other thoughts on the crew? <laughs> no, kind of not much. I, although you said, they, yeah, you said come to the precipice, shit the bed. This is a team that was in MLS Cup two years ago. Um, and they shit the bed. And they, and they shit the bed, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember watching it with my kids who were uh, you know, two at the time. Um, yeah, so, so, so that's the crew in a nutshell. It's easy to look at the news surrounding the crew about potentially leaving and stuff like that, and it's easy to rally behind them and expect some kind of magic. They're still the team that they were before all that shit broke, which is to say um, probably could do better uh, given the sum of their parts, but they are the whole and it hasn't fully planned out. The one thing I will say, Federico Iguain seems like he's going to be around for a little bit, uh, a little bit longer, which is awesome news for crew fans. That dude has been the cog in the wheel for the last few years. Yeah. Sorry, Kai Kamara. So, um, if you're looking for a rooting interest, you could do worse than the crew. Midwestern team, obviously, with their backs up against the wall uh, for their fans. No, they could, they could snag. The crew. They could definitely could snag a win in Atlanta. I. Definitely think the crew are yeah, able playoffs to are a small that, sample so. size. Yeah. Anything can happen over a very short small yeah. sample size. Crew can beat Atlanta. They can do it. All right. Uh, finally, the last, uh, the number six seed in the New York Red Bull, uh, New York Red Bulls. They are going to the Fire uh, to play their playoff game. Um, you know, we don't talk about Bradley Phillips at all. And I don't think anybody in the soccer media does. He had another great season. His and just wholly unremarked upon yeah. by the soccer social media or the soccer media Twitterati's. Like you just, no one talks about Bradley Phillips about how good he fucking is. Yeah. He's really fucking good. Yeah, uh, and and, you know, and they're going they're going to Chicago and you know the way that Chicago has played, it's a very real possibility that they might steal that one. And, and Chicago and New know. York is not. It, it, it's it's not. Barca and Real Madrid, and you're not going to see that talent on the field, but it's going to be a good game, or it should be a good game. I think they're going to be on the day evenly matched enough. You said Bradley Wright Phillips guy, we don't talk about enough, which, again, weird because he's and the dude you should be talking about. Also, Sasha Question. That was what I, you okay. fucking blew it out of the water. I was <laughs> going to say, Sasha Question. Probably, um, yeah. Dudes, dudes uh, it's not about simply goals and assists, 
but you put it all together. You you look at his uh, uh, expected goals. You look you look at his assists leading to expected goals. Some of these weird sort of saber metrics type of stuff. Dude is uh, outstanding. Has had a huge impact. Not big enough for New York to not look like uh, slightly above average this year, but it's not been Sasha Kleshin's fault. Dude, uh, other than needing to shave his fucking mustache off, is uh, is uh, on fire. It needs to be in a U.S. men's national team camp because you still need that veteran yeah. presence and he can be there. So, hot take, uh, Sasha Kleshin is the best number 10 that the U.S. men's national team has right now. I don't follow U.S. close enough to tell you that you're wrong or right. But I will say that when we play Christian Pulisic uh, in, in a 10, it's not his natural position. No. And he's less effective than he is at yeah. his natural position. So, so. question is the best number 10 that U.S. Men's National Team has right now. I'm not knowledgeable enough to so. knock you off All right. that perch. Anyways, uh, let's move on to the Western Conference. Uh, let's zoom through these. Portland Timbers. Uh, uh, they, the is Timbros, that like the Portland Thorns uh, men's side? It is. Yeah, the men's side of the Portland Thorns. Awesome. The Timbros smash and grab their way to the Western Conference. Number one seed, um, but outside of San Jose, they've allowed the most goals of any playoff team, and we'll get to San Jose in a second, but that's either a recipe for success or a recipe for absolute fucking failure, and I think it's probably the latter than the former. Let me tell you why it's the latter. Um, if you've watched enough playoffs, in, in MLS anyways, you know that playoff games turn into butt pucker fucking matches you know for instance final after final turns into this one nothing 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 kind of a squeaky affair. because squeaky bumhole time as yes as alex ferguson used to as, call it yes exactly because because everyone is so afraid to make a mistake as i here secret i'm going to use my company's name here okay i say this at wells fargo sometimes i tell people when i'm trying to work through them and get an idea pushed across the line i say Wells Fargo so often is afraid of doing something wrong that they're afraid to do something right. Now, we've done some things wrong, but also if you called so, in for some a, some things? Oh, certainly, but but <laughs> if if you called in if you have a mortgage there and 2 years ago you would called in to try and get like your tax statement sent to you via email, they'd say, "We don't do email. We can do fax or we can do snail mail." Cuz they're too worried about their own team members like what if they write like LOL to our customer? They'll be fucking you know, they're so afraid to do something wrong that they're afraid to do something right. That, to me, is what happens in the playoffs. And if you are a team that cannot play the squeaky bum defense, you're not built for the playoffs. Sure. That is Portland right now. But if you look at the front six, incredible front six. Blanco doesn't get enough attention. No. Valeri gets all the attention, yeah. but rightfully so. And rightfully so. He's, yeah. he's probably the MVP of the league. I, absolutely. Fernando so. Adi obviously deserves every bit of attention yeah. that he gets. Darlington Nagby's a dude who doesn't put up a t- bunch of counting Fuck stats. Fuck Darlington Nagby, but whatever. Yeah, I know. You watch the national team. That's fine. Yeah. But he's a dude. Again, same thing with Chris <laughs> Wondolowski. This is a dude who's excellent in MLS, no matter what you say about him doing it at, at the national team level. Um, and it's not because of counting stats. It's because of what he does with movement off the ball. I've said way too much already about the Timbers. That's we hard. don't have all, yeah, all that's afternoon. Hard. That's hard. But uh, so the Seattle Sounders are the second uh, second seeded team in the league. Um, Nobody I, wanted to win the West this year. Well, no, they they didn't. And basically, like Seattle Sounders, if they just won, they're going to either be finish first or second. Um, and I really do not like Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey no, got sent off. He's garbage. He got sent off with a red card, so he's probably going to miss at least the first match. Is that how it works? That carries over to playoffs? Yeah, it does carry, up, carry over to playoffs. I'm glad so. that doesn't just give him a fucking blank slate. Yeah. Um, Clint Dempsey hasn't played in a U.S. Open Cup match in, like, two years because of his tearing up of the referee's book. 
Fuck Clint Dempsey. Yep. I don't know. We don't, don't need to talk to about Seattle Sounders anymore. He's, unless you, unless he, you have thoughts on Clint Dempsey yeah, or all, Seattle all, all I would say about Clint Dempsey is this. If he were an Atlanta United fan, he'd be throwing a beer at people. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, but what, what, what I can say is Nico Ladero is still the real deal. And Christian Roldan, uh, and actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend people look at Colin Solberg's write up on the Sounders. Christian Roldan, from a st- statistical standpoint, really fucking great season, really yeah, great player, that's, that's and true. a sign of what MLS does yeah, right. That's very good. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps lost to Portland Timbers uh, on the weekend, and so they dropped from first all the way down to third. So they have to play a match uh, on Tuesday, uh, and you know they gotta be starting from that. Uh, this, the Whitecaps are a pretty good squad, and I expect them to actually like. They're the third seed. They'll be playing Seattle in the uh, in the semifinals of the Western Conference, and I think they'll probably actually back out Seattle. But we'll see. You know, I, and, and, I, and I hope they do. I, I like the Whitecaps. Yeah, you know, Teixeira's my boy. Um, I love Freddie Montero. Alfonso Davies. Hey, can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I know we've both shared that we have a secret flame for Sporting Kansas City. Yeah. When Seattle came into the league, I was a Seattle fan. You motherfucker. And honestly, I became a Seattle fan. I didn't have any club anywhere near me, but I watched their very first game. Freddie Montero uh, was twinkle-toed out there okay. and had a great goal. And I was like, this fucking guy I like. This is a league that's actually maybe worth following. Maybe I had given it a short trip. Um, Freddie Montero playing for the the, the Couve right now. Um, good on them. But but uh, they need to ride the hot streak. They rolled the last quarter of the season, that last game notwithstanding, because playoffs are all about who's hot at the right time. Vancouver can be that team if they bounce back to that form. All right. Uh, the four seed in the... Western Conference is Houston Dynamo. Houston hasn't lost since September 16th, and we'll get KC for the third time in two weeks. Uh, they won two to one at home a couple weeks ago. Uh, had a zero zero road draw, and Houston Dynamo uh, basically played their way into this four seed, and that's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, it, we've talked about Houston so many times over the course of the season. Amazing at home, lousy on the road, yeah. uh, a bit of inconsistency from dudes that you would expect them to need to deliver, particularly at the striker role. Christian Coleman is basically a non-entity at the club right now, um, but 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 they did pull it off and, and, and do it at the right time. Uh, Little-known statistic, Sporting Kansas City and Houston Dynamo have played thousands of playoff matches together. And they're gonna if play you think back, have have they not played like it seems? It feels like every fucking year they're they play. they're good. They're good, they're playing again because Houston is hosting Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City, who I you know honestly like, I picked to win the trouble this year, which they did not. They're not gonna do. Uh, but can they win the double? They could win the double. I think they could. And I think they will. Um, so Sporting Kansas City is actually is a team that's going in the exact opposite direction. Yeah. They haven't won in over a month, and that includes the uh, a draw at home uh, with Houston and a loss on the road to Houston. You know what? I th- actually, I honestly think that Sporting Kansas City wins this game on the road. So, uh, Sporting 
So first of all, Sporting's defense is amazing. Yeah. And if you look at the goals allowed They're record, the b- yeah, best best defense, close. best defense in the league. So. Yeah, by a huge margin. Yeah. Um, now that said, yes, they've they have come into the playoffs cold, but they have spent that time playing a lot of rotation. Um, you look at the national team when we've talked about had a lot of Kansas City dudes. Well, I mean, going to different international teams, so they played a lot of rotation that time. That didn't help. Um, when they're healthy, when they're hitting on all cylinders. They can be very good. The big question mark is going to be, can their attack learn how to score goals? They did not do great on the attack. I think they finished about third worst in the West. The West was not very great to begin with. About third worst in the West on goals four. Um, Diego Rubio needs to have the time of his life out there. Young guys like Latif Blessing, hashtag blessed, uh, need to be what they are supposed to become. That's fair. Uh, And then finally, San Jose Earthquakes who finished the year with a negative 21 goal differential, making them the worst playoff team in MLS history. Um, so naturally, they will probably upset the Whitecaps because yeah. that's how MLS works. It's probably fucking, it's fucking terrible. You know what's ironic is San Jose is actually the exact kind of thing that MLS wanted when they changed the tiebreaker to wins instead of goal differential. What they really wanted was to spur offense. They wanted to say teams... Don't go out there and play for the draw. Play for the win because wins matter. And you know what happens when you go out there and you play for the win? You let in a bunch of goals because you play foolishness. And yeah. this is the kind of team that MLS wanted when they made that trade. Yeah, sure, you're losing on goal differential, but you came after it. You gave it a go, and good on you. So they, whatever, they finished with 13 wins. Congrats to them. I hope all the bad things in life <laughs> happen to them. All right. Cool. So that's uh, that's your uh, playoff preview. Uh, we will uh, more to come. Well, more Two Dave's one cup. More to come is going to go throughout on the playoffs. The, uh, yeah, the actual matches that are coming up this weekend or this this week, and then uh, yeah, we'll preview the semifinals next week after the first matches happen. We're going to cover it all weekend, man. So, all right. So let's talk about picture didn't happen. Um, MLS week thirty four. Uh, NYCFC versus the Columbus Crew. Uh, I was ended a two-two draw. Nobody picked that one. San Jose Earthquakes beat Minnesota United three-two. We both picked the San Jose Earthquakes winning that game. Alas. Uh, United Atlanta United FC versus Toronto FC, two-two draw. We did not. Neither of us picked that we one. We predicted it'd be a good game, yeah. and we were right. And it was a very good game. So you yeah. should put our initials in there. Yeah. Uh, Portland Timbers beat Vancouver Whitecaps two-one. Weirdly, we did not. Neither of us picked that one. I thought. So I thought I might no, have. Vancouver's um, been hot the end of the year. Here. Yeah, that's. I thought they'd keep. So it up. yeah, and Philadelphia Union uh, versus Orlando City FC. Nobody in the world predicted that Philadelphia would score six Four against first Orlando goals. City and win six to one. So no one picked that one. Um, we, no, the, nobody predicted FC that Dallas. That was like a David Zeller scoreline prediction. Yeah, I know. Nobody also predicted that FC Dallas would beat LA Galaxy 5-1. to one, and LA then Galaxy also, are bad. That's fine. But FC Dallas has no yes. fucking place yes. winning game 5-1. to one. Yeah, no. Wasn't good enough. But uh, We both predicted that the Houston Dynamo would beat the Chicago Fire. The score ended up being 3 nothing. Houston at home. Um... Montreal Impact versus the – so I did not predict the Revolution winning because I really just wanted the New England Revolution to not win a road game all year. But they won a road game for the first time all year on the last goddamn day. And 
you did not also predict that. Oh, better late either. than never. So they won three to two. Uh, we both predicted the Red Bulls beating DC United at the last game at RFK Stadium. Uh, final score ended up being two to one. So good on us. Uh, we both did not predict RSL beating Sporting Kansas City two to one. So there's that. I was really rooting for RSL to make that last spot. Yeah, FC Dallas didn't deserve it in a million years. Sporting can't, or I'm sorry, uh, San Jose did not deserve it in a million years with that motherfucking goal differential. Salt Lake, God bless them. They, I'm sure he will. Fucking Mormon culture out there. Yeah, Mike no, Becky wasn't good enough. Uh, and then we both obviously predicted that Seattle Sounders would beat Colorado Rapids. Yep. Uh, yeah. Final score ended up being three nothing. So we <laughs> despite despite a uh, sending off by. Clint Dempsey. Yeah. <laughs> That's where Colorado's season's in at. In spite of Clint Dempsey's sending off. So yeah. we both ended the, the week 4 7. So we didn't. We're not, not doing it. We're not, not doing it. Great. We're not doing any uh, overall. We're giving up on that. Yep. <laughs> we gave up on that. Too depressing. Very easily. So. Okay. All, All right. right. So let's. It. Playoff picks. Yeah. Let's talk about playoff picks. Let's do it. This matters. Um, I have. So the Vancouver Whitecaps are hosting the San Jose Earthquakes. I have the Whitecaps winning three to two. What do you got, Dave Martin? Vancouver Whitecaps two to one. Little okay. lower scoring, same winner. All right. Um, Houston Dynamo hosting Sporting Kansas City. I have an upset special here because I want to have Sporting Kansas City uh, do the double because I predicted a, tri- a triple earlier this year. So I'm, I'm predicting Sporting Kansas City winning in extra time, two to one. I don't allow my own pride to get in the way of my accurate predictions. Uh, so nope. Houston uh, Dynamo pride, at pride. home, you don't you don't beat Houston Dynamo at home, two to nothing over the Sportings. Because mm. Sporting can't score a goal, as you know. The beauty is, is that you can also draw Houston at home and then win in. Nah, 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 nah. Come so. on, calm down. All right, uh, in the Eastern Conference, Chicago Fire hosting the New York Red Bulls. I the Fire winning one to nothing uh, in uh, not Chicago. Uh, my exact same score. Um, New York uh, stand a better chance back in New Jersey. All right. Uh, and then finally, LA United hosting the Columbus Crew. Uh, unfortunately, I have the Columbus Crew losing to Atlanta United in uh, Megatron's butthole 3-1. to one. Yeah, there's, a, there's not a planet on which this shouldn't be a landslide. I've got 4 to nothing Atlanta United over the crew. All right. All right. Uh, let's indulge our fantasies. Oh, please. That sound? please. Um, so MLS fantasy, uh, yeah. the season ended this week. Uh, nothing. That's the, that's the best news. Nothing has, yes, nothing has changed. Uh, I finished with 60 points. Uh, Martin finished with 50 points. I finished with 2,541 points over, overall. Excuse me. Uh, Martin finished with 2,382 points overall. I finished in 6th place. Martin finished in 10th place. Fuck. My wife finished in 7th place. So you beat her. I beat my wife. Emotionally. Physically. Not physically. <laughs> what? Yeah. No. Where are you going with no, this? No, I, I don't know. I beat her at fantasy. Mentally and, then I whooped her and ass. emotionally. Good lord. Good job. We're going to get fu- Good job. Google's uh, going to pull us. Brothers Demidoff finished with 3,361 points. 
Good job, Brother Stemadov. Yeah, it's, it's time to announce that um, Spencer, on you, it's been long since been a uh, <laughs> foregone conclusion. Since, like, you will be, You will be, yeah, since week one, you will be in possession when we have our year-end wrap-up party uh, of a $50 in target allocation money. Congratulations to Spencer. Good job. You motherfucking earned it. That's all yeah. I can say. Yeah. Um, we... But basically what we learned is that we're never just going to do fantasy ever. No, again. no, fantasy is not good <laughs> at all. Uh, so EPL Taga, uh, you guys, some of you guys like to play that. That's cool. You can also still join if you want to. You can win first place overall. Um, game week nine, I had uh, 142 points. Not 100. Oh, yeah, you typed in yeah. 1,400 points. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get your fucking decimals uh, straight. Or 120. Actually, it was, actually, it was 124 points. 124 points. Uh, Martin, you had 50 points in the just perfect 11 league. Um, Bill McGuire, the not not Doctor Bill, th- Bill, yeah, Bill McGuire, yeah, the the the, other the, the cool Bill McGuire, Bio McGuire. He had 130.5 points. Bio he, McGuire. Yeah, Bio it? McGuire is his, <laughs> is his name. Yeah. Uh, he That's was good. in first place. So. That makes our overall standings for the Perfect Eleven League. Uh, Three's Company has 1,205.50 points. I have 1,189.5 points, and Bio McGuire has 1,089.75 points. Uh, in the Draft League, the one that the, the league one that, that matters, matters the right? league that matters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you won. You beat Pete Bisson. So you are. That is in first not place. shocking. You act like yeah. you're fucking shocked. I am slightly shocked. Uh, 100.5 to 89.5. I lost chur- to Churubasis Turnbuckle. 109.5 to 89.25. So I'm in uh, third place overall. So if you want any tips, just hit me up. Hi, right, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Um, Bundesliga. We don't have to talk about Bundesliga. What's, we got some, <laughs> we got some we got some questions. Let's do questions. Yeah. All right. Do you want, do you want me to an, do you want me to ask? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask can, the questions. You then I'll give you the first you start answer. The, right. the first part of the answer. Right, and then it. yeah. All right. So Brian Hanf asks, what are the top three reasons he should be removed? <laughs> Go. <laughs> re- review the podcast. Um, we're we're gonna have a whole podcast I think dedicated to this and, and the pros and cons of Heath out and stuff like that. But he, here are the top reasons. Uh, 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 an inflexibility to uh, flex his strategy to the players that he has. He has a preferred style, and he kind of forces players into it, whether they're the right players for that or not. Two, I don't think he's a good man manager. We already talked about the Jerome Thiessen stuff. Uh, he's kind of due to pull. He, he's, he's very Jurgen Klinsmann-ish in that he feels like he can motivate people through negative reinforcement making him sit out games and stuff like that. But even when he does that, I, I don't see what he sees. He, he pulls people for lack of hustle and stuff like that. And then I see guys like Johan Venegas. I'm like, what? You know, is, is Miguel not, not hustling compared to Johan Venegas? Three, um, I'm trying to think of a third reason here. Um, I don't know. I, I can only come up with those two. And that those two are enough for me to give a serious look over his credentials to continue to beat the uh, – the guy on the team. What is not a good enough reason to fire him for me is simply how many points we ended the season with. I don't think that that's a wildly ridiculous expectation for an expansion team who paid what we paid for players to turn out with the number of wins and the number of points we had. I think 
whatever, better or worse, he turned in the season that he probably should have turned in given the players he had. Okay. Can you keep your eyes from rolling into the back of your head? No, that's... Okay. Yeah. That's, what are your three reasons? Tell me why he should be fired. Um, his continual non-use of his subs... I'll give you that. I'll give you that particularly third, yeah. his, egregious. Game, his game management is confusing. Yeah, his yeah. game management. So yeah, so game management number one being the, the the biggest thing. Like he continually misused everybody on his fucking team, and that is a pretty fucking egregious thing, as far as I'm concerned. His con- like the way he throws his players under the bus. This that T San, you know, T A San thing being Miguel. like sort of like the just com- you know the the apex of it, it's but obviously Miguel Ibarra, Coleman, you know, like, and 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 then sort of tangentially to that, but probably the third thing is just like his insistence on his loving of certain players who do not deserve yeah. the love that he has. So you know, Molino. Venegas, like those players well, got, they got, they got literally no, just they could willy nilly, whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Let's, let's not call Molino Venegas. Molino is better than Venegas. Well, he yeah, has more raw no. talent. He had more on field production. But Johan Venegas, especially early in the year, maybe not later in the year, but early in the year when he was like, he was fed up with the team and he like walked away from fucking training mm-hmm. and there was nothing. Relative no, open arms. Nothing yeah. happened. Nothing happened after that. Yeah. That's and and you get you, you have Adrian Heath uh, calling out Ibarra mm-hmm. for but training session shit. When it's we like, talk about Venegas, it's more like just um, well, we talked about it, and he. That's it. Yeah. That's, so yeah, that's my, one of my biggest uh, concerns there. So, uh, do you have a third reason, or have we covered? That was, all, that, was all the that was three reasons. Those were three. Yeah, I those lost were three count. reasons. Yeah. All right, next question. Let's all do right. it. Bill McGuire asks. Uh, not this is uh, Bill McGuire. Doctor, this is Doctor Bill McGuire. Not Doc. Not not Doctor <laughs> McGuire. Uh, why couldn't he just finish the season happy? He had to so discontent. Why what couldn't the Why fuck? couldn't Coach Adrian Heath follow up? Ha- why why he does Heath have a drinking problem? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, so that, that's the thing that's maddening about it is, uh, again, there's a difference between being right and doing right. And even if Jerome Thiessen had played terribly, walked off the pitch, and told Heath to go fuck himself, he, Heath, can handle this situation differently. And the end of the season, when there's nothing left to play for, no more games, everybody gets some time to cool off, is the wrong time to decide that you want to start shit. That doesn't yeah. make any sense to this, me. This relates to the... Uh, the quote that basically he was fed up with Jerome Tison. Most of tonight's podcast to that quote. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't... I don't, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's fucking ridiculous. I, and the weird thing is that Jerome Tison was literally the last person that they that Minnesota United brought in in the uh, early transfer window. The man came in... The man came in and played... Like with like one day of training in that Atlanta United game, the man came in and played literally like 
Less day than after a day his after his born. fucking kid was born. Yeah. yeah, if you want to question um, his heart, that doesn't make any sense. So, and yes, I don't his, know. I, his no defending guesses. was not great on Sunday. And that, that, anybody can admit that. But like, that's not when you call him out throwing publicly. Him, throwing him under the bus is a is a very yeah. very ridiculous thing to yeah. do. Be, be, let's be objective. And also, Jerome T. seems like a really fucking cool dude. He just wants to hang. It, that's just it. Wait, uh, that's the last point I'm going to make because we don't know. Like I said, anything could have happened. But, but, but here's what I will say. Think about any other team in any other league ever where the coach says, and again, this is assuming that there's not other stuff that we don't know, but says, yeah, I'm not going to let my motherfucking person talk to the press because he had a bad game, and I'm fucking sick of it. Can you imagine that flying anywhere? No. What a ridiculous thing to say. No. no, you can't talk to the press because you had a shitty game, and I'm tired of you having shitty games. He's fed By up. the way, it's the offseason. Fed Playoffs? Up with fed up We're with him having playoffs? shitty games. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Hey, Jerry, if you listen to this podcast, please come, come to on. the uh, Minnesota Dark Valley. no bigger fans. End of the year party. Yep. We, yeah, well, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll buy you some beers, dude. Please come and, and hang out with us because we, like, we love you. He's not a lot, listening. So, all right, uh, Robert, Robert the Red asks, "Why does the U.S. Open Cup hate small teams?" Oh yeah, okay, oh, we, we actually. So like, <laughs> the follow-up to uh, Bill McGuire's question was, "Does Heath have a drinking problem?" We didn't really address that. No, no, he he doesn't. He's. I he you might, can tell he people might. who have a drinking problem with their swollen features and their fucking red bulbous nose. Heath does not have a drinking problem. He has he has a crack cocaine problem. <laughs> I think he might have a drinking problem. Okay. Eh, All right. Uh, so Robert Robert uh, Robert the Red asks, why does the U.S. Open Cup hate small teams? Uh, look, are you, familiar, are you following the yes, Minneapolis, yes, yes. Minneapolis citizens? The Minneapolis City has to travel uh, an extreme distance to get to New York, uh, to Rochester specifically, to play in the next round of the Open Cup. Now, here's what I will say. Um, well, they've had to travel pe- for all of their games. They've had to travel year. for all of them, yes. Now, people will alternately com- – people love complaining, as you know. People will alternately complain about the travel that U.S. Open Cup at any level – takes out of a team in such a big country as the U.S., and they will also complain about having to play the same teams year in and year out because they're playing regionally, you know? There's pros and cons to each side. This is one major con on one of the sides, which is that a team with the funding of Minneapolis City has to travel that distance. Um, I, I would love to see this fixed such that teams like Minneapolis City, until you start talking about MLS teams that are a little bit well-heeled, I think MLS teams should be allowed to travel outside of their conference. I don't think you need to continue to play the game where you're like, no, Minnesota and Sporting Kansas City have to play every fucking year. I don't think you need to do that. But there's no reason at this round, in the third round, that a New York lower club team has to play a Minnesota lower club team, neither of whom have the funds for this kind of travel. Yeah. But when it gets to MLS, I think it should be fucking wide open. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, uh, apparently according to Minneapolis City, uh, it's going to cost them, and this is not actually surprising at all, $15,000 to travel to Rochester, New York, to play this match, which is basically half of their budget right. for 2018. So well, They better fucking win. 
you know, and 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 they're they're not getting any benefits from it. They're not getting any money from it other than like they're going to Rochester, New York, to yeah. play. And hopefully, they win that game. Then they're in the Open Cup proper, right? Uh, which is great. So, that that will get them some money. But still, it's really it's really fucking fucked up. And um, the fact that like you know, and I'm a, a city supporter. I'm a member of the. Minneapolis City board and all that, or min- it, not, the, not the board, but like just Minneapolis City supporters. Right. So no, this sucks. But anybody who's complaining about it also doesn't get a chance next time to complain about. Oh, I have to play X again in the U.S. Open Cup. That's the flip side of the coin. I'm just saying, don't be hypocrites. This blows, and they should fix it. Well, no, it, no, but that, no it does, that doesn't necessarily preclude that because the. Open Cup is designed to make sure that certain teams play each other. And I'm saying the next person to complain about that, who also complained about now that we're traveling, and you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, but they're, they're getting rid of all the all the cool teams that you could play, like, very easily. Because, like, the winner of this game, so even presuming that, you know, Rochester wins this game, right, that team's not going to play Minnesota United in the in the Open Cup. Yeah. That team would probably play the Cosmos or somebody, you know, or Philadelphia. Like they're not going to they're not going to play Minnesota United FC in the Open Cup. I don't so. know. I, I feel like we're saying similar things. I'm saying, yeah, you can complain about one and not the other. You can't complain about both because they're opposite sides of the same coin. Maybe. I All don't right. Know. Uh, next question. What do All we right. Got? Uh, <laughs> East Coast Circuits. Hashtag Heath out or nah? I'm not fucking answering. Yeah, that we're, we're not gonna. We're, 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 we're sorry, not, East Coast. You yeah, came late. We are gonna address this in a, a special podcast later in the, in the off season. I think we're plan is to probably do a, just a very specific Heath Heath, out Heath only podcast. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Nathan Pence uh, asked Nathan Pence who. Uh, Got our house for us. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, who's responsible for more drop points this year for Minnesota United FC? Heath or the front office? Who is responsible for more drop points? David Martin. What front, do you think? O- front office. Really? The, okay. A team that has better players will win the games more times than they will not. And it takes a uniquely poor coach to play them out of the points altogether. If, if we had better players, they, they could, uh, to a much larger extent than I think many recognize. And this is borne out by statistics, by the way. I'm not pulling this out of my anus. Uh, Soccernomics talks about this, for instance. Um, the team with the better players is going to win. And that is predicted by wages, which is a, the best indicator of the quality of the players. And much, much, much less by the quality of their manager. Um, this is all about front office signings. Okay. I'm not. The, the, people are going to hop on my ass and be like, oh, yeah, well, sucking Heath's dick here, huh? You really like Heath, huh? No, Heath. Huh? No, I still think Heath is out. I think he should be out for very different reasons than because I'm emotional about a couple of results. Okay. And you, were, you will say Heath because you don't, because you can't not say Heath. I think, I, no, I. Yes. I also think it's Heath. I mean,. Considering that this team was absolutely terrible 
at the beginning of the season, and they somehow managed to figure their shit out like halfway through the season, and then they were absolutely terrible again at the end of the season. They left so many points on the fucking board that they could have had. Like, now, did I expect this team to be competing for a playoff spot in its first year? No. But with the way the Western Conference shaked out and with the way that points were allocated, this team definitely should have been, like, in that Division J precipice of, of potentially being a playoff contender. Uh, and that's that's on Heath. That is absolutely... In, Amy, uh, sorry, not Amy. Amos and uh, Manny have a lot of responsibility for that. Obviously, like, a lot of the Scandinavian players did not work out. That's on them. But Adrian Heath has continued to put out a terrible formation. He hates Miguel Ibarra for some reason, which I cannot figure out. He does not like playing in a good formation. A formation that... For the talent that he has. Yeah. Like, play... Yeah, I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, he has a certain particular amount of talent. Like, play in that fucking formation. He refuses to do that. So, it's... For me, it's definitely on Heath. Okay. The fact that they're, that cool. they're you know, out of the playoffs and... Yeah. We'll have our Heath out, Heath in uh, uh, podcast. Oh, for sure. God, yeah. It should be fun. What's um, next? All right. Uh, Clarence Swamptown. This is a, a question I actually solicited. He asks, <laughs> okay. who do you think is the favorite to win the weekend's e- this weekend's EPL playoffs? Who's the favorite to win this yeah, EPL? Favorite to win the e- weekend's EPL playoffs. Um, I love that question because... I don't know if you listen to the Sportive podcast. I do. No. Uh, Clarence has some very specific opinions on Jurgen Klinsmann and MLUS soccer generally. Which uh, you're coming from a, a guy who lives in Cannon Falls. Okay. And has no idea about soccer. Um, Clarence, the answer to this question is Liverpool. There you go. Uh, finally, at... So right. Devin Reed asks, at TDIK Man, is there a prize or something for being in second place for MLS Fantasy since I'm part of the TDIK Private League? I think this is Kringle LA, who is, I found out from uh, Adu, is like a 16-year-old kid. Oh, really? Yeah. Tell you what, uh, 16-year-old kid, uh, you come to the you come to the year-end party, all right, we're going to have a Dave's I Know rap party this year it's probably going to be at fitzgerald's actually uh you come here you hang out and uh i'll make sure that you get i don't know some buy you a beer some alcohol or something yeah <laughs> i'll get you some illegal beverage or something all right uh, how's that how's that sound devin you did a great job this year devin uh congratulations on being 16 and having the motherfucking time to have a good fantasy season <laughs> that's good very good all right um, i had to keep my wife and my kids alive yeah. God, yeah. isn't it? That's kind of a problem that there's like kids. Li- I mean, I'm sorry, 16 year old, you probably don't feel like you're a kid. This motherfucking kid. Like, no, there's motherfucking kids listening to this podcast. Should we like very? Listen, should we think about what we're saying? No, actually, God, 
Fuck what no. have we done to this kid? Like we've fuck no. We've ruined this person. Uh, fuck no. All right. Uh, so you can find us <laughs> all the time. Very good segue. We're wrapping. <laughs> yeah, we're wrapping it up. Uh, Dave's I know.com. That's our daily soccer rooms. We're doing a bunch of shit this week for the MLS uh, playoffs. Um, there will be a uh, Europe. Actually, the a Europe post is going up tomorrow morning, right? I edited it and scheduled it. Yeah, it yeah. Be. So, Europe post tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow morning, a uh, bunch of MLS stuff for the playoffs this week. Uh, rate and like our dumb shit on all of your favorite social media apps, um, and your also your podcasting apps. Five stars and a good Google or a good iTunes rating would be awesome. I think. Right. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Uh, at TDIKMN on Twitter, that's where you can find us. Uh, you can email us questions at the Dave's I know at gmail.com. You can find me at Texas Zeller. You can find Martin at offensive underscore loons. By the way, I did not tell you my boss, you were suggested as a follow from my boss. I was suggested as a follow. Oh, a yeah. Twitter follow? Yeah, a Twitter follow. And my I hope boss they didn't do that. My, my boss was like, is, is this you? Like he is like, he's like David. Are you offensive underscore loons? I was like, no. <laughs> well, make sure like, he doesn't follow me. <laughs> no, I, I, I absolutely told him like you should not follow that person. <laughs> that would be a bad thing. I was very much was like, yeah, this is a terrible fucking idea. So, oh, anyways, uh, yeah, but follow us on Twitter because that's really awesome. So, someday, uh, yeah. someday, my I'm gonna die. And my kids are going to be looking through my shit, and they're going to find my Twitter account, and they're going to go in there, and they're going to find out who their dad actually is, and they're like, <laughs> "This guy, he he loved us, he he he, uh, he, you know, he was doting and all this guy. Look at these fucking jokes. This is <laughs> this stuff is sacrilegious. <laughs> who the fuck was he? What kind of double fucking life was he living? Oh. That's going to be my kids someday. Yeah, probably two years from now when I'm dead. Yeah. Well. I love it. I'm just I'm I'm very excited for my future children's uh, exploration of my Twitter feed because it's gonna be <laughs> also pretty fucking oh epic. God. So that hey, that this is uh, that's the end of the podcast. Hey, our uh, Minnesota's season is over. Our season is not over. You're gonna get two Dave's uh, one cup coverage of yeah. the MLS Cup playoffs, and uh, we're gonna continue to go through the off season with different off season content. We're gonna be around. We're, we're doing some shit. We're doing some shit. Uh, show up tomorrow for or tonight for uh, Jericho's end of the year party, and then uh, yeah, what's, we're, we're gonna figure out what we're doing. Then we're, we're gonna do some shit, man. No, we can't do nothing. As you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing.